What's up? It's Delaney, and I'd love to invite you to become an honorary co-host of the Self-Helpless Podcast. Do you want to pick episode topics and guests? Done. Want to surprise your loved ones with shout-outs on the show for a birthday, project launch, a much-needed divorce? Whatever you're up to, would love to be a part of the celebration. Get your favorite and least favorite quotes featured on the podcast, submit questions for our special guests, and find lots more new features and surprises at patreon.com slash selfhelpless. You'll also get added to our patron insider email list to easily redeem rewards via a quick email reply because we know hanging out on Patreon isn't everyone's thing. You can also opt out of emails if you prefer to be a silent supporter of the show. And don't worry, we do not Scrooge McDuck these contributions. 100% of proceeds go directly to operating expenses that make this weekly podcast possible and available to all. Learn more at patreon.com selfhelpless or simply click the link in this episode's description. Thank you for helping me fill the void of being the last standing host of the Self Helpless Podcast. Thank you so much. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help me? Can you help? Can you help? Can you help? Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Self-Helpless Podcast. I'm Kelsey Cook. I'm Delaney Fisher. And today we're going to do an episode all about shadow work because I got sucked in by a goddamn TikTok like I always do. And there was a woman on there. Her account name is Zenful Note. And she started the TikTok by saying, here are the top five places you'll be able to meet your shadow self. And uh, then just really got into... All of these things that I had never thought about or heard of that were really specific to getting in touch with that part of yourself that, you know, you might have anxiety around or shame around and and how to repair that and move forward. So I felt like it would be a good episode topic. Oh, so juicy. I feel like we need theme music for this one. Like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Something dark yeah. and haunted. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah. I, this is going to be, I can I could feel that this is going to be like one of those therapy-esque session type episodes that we do. Yep. I can feel it in my bones. <laughs> yep. We talked about shadow work once a long time ago on the show, but I don't think we've maybe done as deep of a dive as we're planning to do today. Was it with like the artist's way type stuff? Does she talk about shadow work? Is yes, where we have brought it up before, and that okay. yep, because I'm like mm-hmm. this the the whole concept. Um, I've heard of it. Yeah, I just mm-hmm. can't remember where we heard of it. Okay, cool. Yeah, so uh, you and I both have some quotes on it, but before we get into them, wanted to just plug some of my upcoming tour dates. I've got so many between now and the end of the year. This weekend, I'm going to be in Fort Collins. I love going to the Comedy Fort; it's such a great comedy club. And then in a couple weeks, I will be in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, Next month, I will be in Spokane and Cleveland. And then in November, November's crazy. I'm in Grand Rapids, Washington, D.C., Nashville, Huntsville, 
and Atlanta. Good Lord. It's a lot. <laughs> That's a trek. <laughs> That's a trek. And then in December, I will be in Boston and Tampa to finish the year out. So KelseyCook.com, get those tour date tickets. You guys know yeah. having helpsters in the crowd is is the greatest thing. So thank you. Yeah. Go see a show. It's so much fun. What a freaking blast. Yeah. Um Let's see what's I look. I got a podcast over at DelaneyFisher.com. <laughs> Let's see. Uh... Let's see. I got a podcast. Um, no, I've really been enjoying um, I, Career Crush, my podcast. Um, it's a private show, it's completely free. And for a long time, I was very business focused and sharing a lot of about business on that platform. And that just started to not resonate with me anymore. Um, I think, mm. you know, finding like your dream career or finding what makes, what brings you joy in work. It's so much more than just running a business. You know, it's about habits and philosophies and also having a day job potentially and a passion project or a mix of things, right? Like you yeah. have a business, but you have a, maybe part-time at a, another job that you love. It's just, there's no one size fits all. And so, um, I, yeah, if you're trying to figure out what kind of work makes you happy, what kind of lifestyle makes you happy, that's exactly what we are covering over there. Um, everybody with, from like kind of conventional day jobs and why they love it and having some insight about like me, what kind of personalities might fit with certain pr professions that might help you figure it out um, to, to people who do like the craziest stuff you've ever heard of for money. And I am like right there along with you. You know, I have definitely figured some things out for my career, but there's a lot that I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do next. And so yeah. I am learning alongside of you and and um, yeah, it's just been really, really fun. So if you're interested in that, you can find it on my website, DelaneyFisher.com. I would love to have you over there. Incredible. Well, should we start with a couple quotables? We shall. Kelsey, Hi. what you got? So this is also from Zenful Note. If you're looking to learn more about shadow work, highly recommend following her on TikTok and checking it out. So um, this quote is by Robert Johnson. And it says, unless we do the conscious work on it, the shadow is almost always projected. That is, it is neatly laid on someone or something else. So we do not have to take responsibility for it. Oh, gosh. I feel like I need to hear that one again to di mm -hmm. digest all of it. Yep. Okay. I, I, I feel the same way. I read it and was like, I got to read it again. I feel like you just so. read me an essay and I'm going to fail the fucking quiz. <laughs> it's not that long. It's pretty short, but it's... It's dense. It's dense. A lot of meat in it. It's powerful. So... Okay. Unless we do the conscious work on it, the shadow is almost always projected. Hmm. That is, it is neatly laid on someone or something else, so we do not have to take responsibility for it. Oh, God. Is that just, to the, to you, does that mean, like, our baseline is, like, we're operating at our shadow unless we're super mindful? Because that's what I'm getting from that quote. I think if you're on your period, yeah. Or I'm sorry, yeah. if you're PMSing, that's, sure. we just did our whole episode about understanding the menstrual cycle. Listen, yeah. I for me, when I'm on PMS time, I am like me and shadow self, a lot of time together. <laughs> yeah, Real yeah. tight. I don't even see the shadow because it's just, I'm I'm in it. So you are the yeah. shadow. There's no, no Peter Pan situation where you can see that <laughs> shit. It is inside of you real deep. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, that that's I mean the gosh, that's so true. Like, like you have to be so 
mindful of why you're doing shit. And sometimes you really don't know, you know, like it's God, it's just a never ending process. Um, I found this quote from Isabel Allende. Um, and it says there is no light without shadow, just as there is no happiness without pain. And you know, it's true. It's a, it's a hard fact to swallow about the world we live in, but like we need contrast. We wouldn't know what joy was Mm -hmm. or what peace felt like or anything without all the shit. Yes. Agreed. And I don't think the goal ever is perfection or that you are completely eliminating your shadow. It's like nobody is perfect. But I think that when you are more aware of the things that trigger a big response in you, then you can figure out why that is and at least be able to communicate it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, I was going to say also, we talk about like that you can do a lot of work on yourself and that is so important to have that time alone to do that work. But I think a lot of people, when they get into romantic relationships, that's when they notice the things that are maybe even more unhealed or more parts of their shadow self. Because when you're alone, sometimes you're not being triggered in the way that like, yes. if you're in a relationship, you're like, oh shit, I didn't realize that this is a hard thing for me. Right. Or when you're alone, nobody's calling you on your shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just you yeah. and you, so, you and your yeah. cats. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So true. Yeah. Well, do you want to share a little bit, Kels, like what is shadow work? If there's like an, another definition you want to give, or do you want to just get right into some of the things that you mentioned, like the five places we can find it? Sure. Just a quick overview. The way a lot of people describe your shadow self is that you, you have your, your you, yourself, and then there is like your highest self when you are feeling your best, when you're operating from the best place that you can feeling the most successful, whatever. And then there is your shadow self, which is, it's so much of it is in the name. It's like a dark part of you. It's a part of you that is following you no matter what. And it's the things that I think crop up when you go through trauma and those things aren't healed. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, all right. Are we ready? (laughs) Buckle up, bitches. Buckle up, guys. Okay. So what are those, what's uh, that that first one, like that first place that we can find our shadow self? Yes. Okay. So top five places you'll be able to meet your shadow self. Number one, when you're judging someone for doing something or being a certain way. Mm. So this has been brought up with the artist way a lot that like jealousy that jealousy is a map. It can really show you what you are feeling insecure about, what you are wishing that you had done more of or whatever. But ooh, that one, that one tapped into something for me for sure. Like, yeah, even if you are not vocally judging somebody, even if you're not gossiping or whatever, we all have those moments of like seeing something online or whatever, and we can hear judgment in our mind. Oh, yeah. Of like criticizing somebody or, you know, being judgmental. And I bet if we like were to stop every time that happened, we could figure out what in our shadow shadow self is insecure in that. Oh, Oh, absolutely. I was I could say um, obviously everybody judges and gets judged and all that. I was 
way more judgmental when I was younger because yes. I was very unhappy with my own mm-hmm. situation. And so, you know, I've talked about <laughs> on the podcast before, if somebody felt, if I felt like somebody had figured something out, like how to be happy in their day-to-day or their career or whatever, it was easier to judge that situation than it was to admit how miserable I fucking was with my situation, mm. you know? Yeah. And um, I would, and I also now, oh my gosh, now having the publicness of our jobs in the way that we have, mm-hmm. um, I feel way less judgmental because that has happened to me now. I've had strangers judge me or spread weird rumors that aren't true or whatever, make assumptions. And I'm like, wow, I'm never going to do, I don't want to do that to people anymore. Even like, like celebrities, right? People talk shit about the fucking Kardashians over here and this and that. And like, I don't want to be that anymore. You know, I do Mm -hmm. not know these people. I don't know what's going on in their real life. Um, It does not feel good when it's directed at you. And that has taught me a huge lesson that I would only have learned if I was in this type of setting. Yes, for fucking sure. Yeah. Social media amplifies it so much too. Like, I I have to imagine that we are all feeling a billion times more insecurity on a day-to-day basis because of social media than before we had it. Like, do you feel like you not having it now has removed some of that judgment as well? That's such a good question. I think social media, it's, it's a double-edged sword with me leaving social media. I do have a lot more peace mentally than I used to. There is less uh, rumination about things. Mm-hmm. Um, however, because that has gone away, if you are like an anxious, perfectionistic person, you just apply that to other shit, right? Oh. So it's like, so social media was gone, but I still have podcasts and business stuff and life okay. stuff, you know? And so I realized that getting rid of something like that is not going to be the cure all. I, and now I'm like, Oh God. Right. So, and even, even something like this, this is the only place that I show up on camera, like yeah. in public. And so now it's like, okay, look, th- you got no excuse to at least like put, so, put a, a decent outfit on, you know, like this is the <laughs> only place you're showing up. Instead, if it was like, okay, I got a lot of stuff going on, you know, it's like, I I think you can zoom in even for me, the more I've simplified, I, I can get stuck a little bit more than I used to in certain areas, but other areas are great. How Mm -hmm. about you for social media when it comes to this kind of judgment, you know, nugget of shadow work? Oh, I think, (laughs) I think it's made it go up way more than before. But I think you're right how you're saying that you can apply anxiety. You just kind of swap it around to different things. Yeah. So I agree when I was growing up and you're in middle school, you're in high school, it's so much easier to have that immature mindset where like there's so much more, I think, shit talking yeah. in those settings when you're young. And then you get older and you just, it's like, it, to me, any sort of, talking poorly about others now feels like junk food. Yes. It, it's like, I never, ever feel good, like participating in a conversation that is talking poorly about people. I really avoid it like the plague now, like to a, yeah, probably to an annoying point for other people in conversation. Like I, I keep that shit pretty wholesome now, yeah. <laughs> which is 
you know, and I, I'm not perfect, yeah. but I just don't, I don't enjoy it. Like, yeah, I, if somebody does something really shitty to somebody else, listen, I'll, I'll be talking let's about vent, it with my right. friends. <laughs> let's, let's vent. Right. But I just mean like right. anything that's like superficial or I don't like any of that shit. I don't like. Yeah. Because I think you're right. The bigger our podcast has gotten or our careers have gotten and it's in this public space you know that people are judging us too right so you're just like it's like golden rule shit treat others the way you want to be treated i just don't i don't get any enjoyment out of that sort of a thing now yes when it's like superficial shit it feels Um, like poison it totally feels like poison i feel physically sick yes yeah. Not a fan. Yeah. Um, but I, in terms of the shadow self, I can feel those thoughts pop up more just in my own mind. They aren't things I vocalize, but when I'm on social media scrolling, let's say, let's say there's like a comedy video that got a ton of likes, but I watch the video and I'm like, eh, like, was that really like did that many people really like that I don't to me like I personally didn't find that funny or whatever and those sort of judgments will pop into my mind of like right why why did that do so well or whatever um but I mean that's that's a hard beast to completely back down because it's like everything's quantified you're looking at your following or your video counts compared to other people's in your field and it's hard to not do the whole like, oh, I'm automatically not doing as well if you don't have as many views as somebody else. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I I feel like my my judgment stuff now and like I'm I am not perfect. Uh yeah. but I will judge other people for judging other people. <laughs> Yeah. Where I'm like, I'm yes. like, okay, why are you saying that when you don't really have your shit together in that department? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing it. I'm doing what they're doing just about, but I'm not vocalizing it. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. catch, I catch myself being judgmental about judgment. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. And when I was younger, I didn't, like, I was definitely around a lot of that more, participated in that more, thinking that that was how you connected with people in, in on mm-hmm. a certain level, right? Like, and- Misery loves think, company. Right, and like thinking it was okay. And then you start to realize that 
you know, maybe if something was normalized for you, doesn't mean that it's the healthiest, best way to go about something. And then you start meeting people who do not speak like that about people. And you're like, yeah. oh, um, oh, there's an option here. There's a choice here. And it's uh, it can be very challenging if there are people that have those patterns in your life and, you know, you care about them, but you also like you want to be mindful about not participating or not, you know, adding fuel to that fire anymore. And maybe you used to not say anything or maybe you used yeah. to you used to not be as neutral. And I know for me as a big people pleaser, um, even if I wasn't participating, I would just kind of like, oh, wow, or like nodding in agreement just to keep the peace. And right. that also feels like poison too, you know? So yeah, <laughs> I think it's so, I, I think the whole concept of trolls is so interest, interesting for me because what they don't realize is that uh, any kind of uh, comments or this or that, I've already thought about that times a million about myself, <laughs> right? Like any fucking weird mean shit you could leave on any of my stuff. I have already thought about that yeah. With a hundred of other other tangents of that one thing that you just said. So yeah. I think it's kind of funny because like I am my own like worst critic and worst judge and I'm really trying to be kinder to myself. But it's almost like laugh laughable when like I would get mean stuff and I was like, oh yeah, I've already thought about that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> or yeah. like, oh, and also you forgot to mention this. <laughs> right. Let me finish being mean to me for you. Yeah, Let exactly. Me complete- yeah, I, I am an inner troll to myself. So nothing that you say can really get me because I'm like, I've already been there, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, and also trolls don't seem to know that any like the algorithm doesn't recognize what's a nice comment, mean comment. They just it's a comment. Yeah. So when you leave comments on people's videos, even if they're trolling, you're helping the video. Yes. Get more <laughs> views because yes. the algorithm just goes, oh, this is a popular video it's creating engagement yes so that's always really funny to me where I'm like oh my god if you but but this is this goes exactly with what we're talking about with shadow work because it's like I guarantee you people who are going out of their way to actually leave hateful comments on the internet it's like oh my god their shadow selves are probably in so much pain yes like the insecurities, the unhappiness they're feeling, whatever it is, it's like they're feeling at such a strong level that that is how they are. It's like the quote I said, they are casting, they're trying to cast that onto other people so that they don't have to deal with it. Absolutely. And like, I've never been somebody that has left mean comments online. That is a total thing I don't understand. We've talked about that. Like not, not, even if I really dislike something, I would never, I would never leave a comment. Why? I I just never, but like we can all all think of times where we thought really mean shit about people. And Mm -hmm. that is the closest that I can get to getting inside the, the mindset of like an internet troll. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm not leaving it on the fucking, you know, YouTube or whatever, but I've thought that. And why did I think that? And it's because I, like you said, I was in pain. I was unhappy. I was miserable with something. And then it's like, okay, how can we, for me, I have to think of it. It's hard because of course the initial reaction is just like, fuck off. You don't know what you're talking about kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, okay, how can you find compassion for somebody who is really not doing well to the point where they are spending time and energy doing this. 
Yeah. Instead of tough. doing anything else that could help them. Like, it's just like, look, if this is helping you right now, okay. But like, I really hope you find some, some better outlets. Um, yeah. And like you mentioned, Kels with the algorithm thing, there's a lot of people in our industry, podcasters that have really blown up and get a lot of criticism and all that. But like the people leading the criticism don't realize that they are helping their show because now people want to tune into their episodes just to see what kind of crazy shit went down. So the people yeah. that you're like unhappy with, they're making even more money now because yeah. you're saying, oh, my God, can't believe you did that. And now that's like new people are getting on board like, why? I got to listen to this episode. It's just it's it's hilarious. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And again, I think there's such a difference between like venting yes. to close friends and family about shit. Like we're not on here saying people need to try and be Mother Teresa, no. but it's just like there's such a difference between right. venting about shit and people who are like actively being shitty and judgmental about others and just like spreading right. negativity. Like I when it's know. a what pattern? When it's a pattern or part of yes. part of it's, it's somebody part of somebody's personality that's when it's like, okay, this is like, it's just default is negative. The default is negative. Yeah. That is the default. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ooh, so. Well. Yeah, boy. <laughs> Already a lot for the top five places. We got number one is a lot. Um, number two, and I feel this a lot, is that you can meet your shadow self when you get anxiety. So when you can feel that adrenaline in you getting caught up in the outcome of something, especially if it's something out of your control, I feel like that takes you out of your higher self or your self and puts you into that place. Right. Right. I hate that place so much. I know exactly what shitty belief that uh, I'm operating in that makes my anxiety bad. And it's this this internal belief that is only directed at myself and not other people that if some if I've done something that could have been better, that could have been improved, that could have been a little bit closer to perfect, but I know logically nothing is perfect, I feel like it's not very valuable or it's less valuable. Mm. And so my anxiety stems from the fact that uh, – if, so, if something could have been better, if I could have been more prepared, if something could have gone better, then it's not worth as much as it could have been. And then oh. therefore, I feel like I failed somebody or I'm going to disappoint somebody or I'm going to offend somebody or I'm going to something bad's going to happen. And oh. so that's where my rumination comes from. Um, and I'm super aware of it. Again, like being aware of it doesn't always help it dissipate. But even just the last couple episodes that we did, right? I've ruminated over so much of, of what I said, right? Mm. Everything from like something very minute to um, talking about losing my virginity and saying, oh my God, I shouldn't have said lost my virginity. That's a very outdated term. I should have just said had sex for the first time. Oh God, I'm probably going to offend somebody about that, right? Wait, wait, wait. And is that a bad thing to say lost your virginity? Probably. I mean, that's no. the thing. This is, but this is what is going on in my head, right? Um... And oh, when we talked about money very openly, like, oh God, I hope people know that I don't feel black and white about money uh, and that like, no matter how they're running their business or what their pricing is, it's all good. And like, everybody can Aww. be successful. You know what I mean? It's like- I don't want you, you to be feeling like that. But like, that's just, that is just the default, right? Like when I leave an episode, 
it's 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 a very automatic thing it's not like i'm trying to think of it i'm trying to go about my day but it's like oh god i hope people know that i'm never trying to harm them when i'm speaking you know i I don't want people to feel bad and and you know this we talk for an hour usually on a podcast it's not like we can get all of our thoughts out in this perfect fashion you know and so I, so I'm very aware that that's where my shit comes from, but I do not mm. put that on anybody else. If somebody misspoke on their podcast or or something, right. they made something that's not uh, perfect, I'm like, good for them. Like, I don't feel, I don't hold them to the same standard. Yeah, I, I feel so similarly. And that's funny because I was actually going to tell you, like, you know, nobody is thinking that when you're talking you're intending to harm people (laughs) polar opposite of what people think of you and it's so but that's what I do when I see like you know what I mean other other podcasts or whatever or if other people are vulnerable and make a mistake it's just like oh okay like that thing where we're like nobody is thinking about you we're all only in our own heads thinking about our own shit so Oh my god. Yeah. It it's like anything that kind of feels unfinished is really hard for me. Mm, like mm-hmm. the fact that I left stand up comedy and I still wrote jokes that I'll never be able to like perform or put out there that I think is better material than what is out there bugs the fuck out of me. The fact oh. that, that that's just gonna be left unfinished, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like and and just anything. I have a hard time, especially in my industry, a lot of people do like online courses and they put digital products out there mentally i can't do it i i've tried it but as soon as i publish a, an online course of some kind within a week i already want i already have information that would i think would make it better and more effective yeah. and so i would just be in updating mode all the time and i'm like i i just have to get rid of this i can't as of right now i can't do this and i have yeah. to just be like that's why I do like one-to-one stuff is like you are getting the very best of me at that time with as much knowledge as I have in the yeah. present time. But like some yeah. people can put things up and they leave it up for years. And I'm like, I wish I could do that. I wish, yeah. but my brain doesn't let me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bru- oh. It's brutal, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. Oh. You know, I got to look at the upsides. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say for me, when I'm getting anxiety, like I just experienced this, I was telling you about the being on the Burt tour and getting asked to go on stage last minute. And that for me, that created such an intense anxiety around not being able to control what was about to happen. Right. I had no control over how my jokes were going to be received by this crowd that isn't mine, right? It's like I'm doing a guest spot on somebody else's show. I'm, I felt completely unprepared because they told me minutes before the show was actually starting and I was going up first and I felt myself, I almost tap into like a child version of myself the way the the things I was saying to Chad as I was spiraling, it's like, oh my God, I sound like I'm I sound like I'm six, where I'm like, I just feel like I don't know like if I'm gonna be able to remember my jokes right now because I haven't been on stage in two weeks and I just feel like super freaked out and like what if I go blank up there? Like I go into 
a more child version of myself. And it's that whole thing, like you're talking about, about that being perfect will protect you from pain. Right. Which it's, that's not real. Right. But my goddamn third grade teacher, (laughs) I know where this comes from. It's like she. I was just going to ask you like what you think the root is. Like if you've identified the moment and the thing. I I have. It's, It's so clear in my mind. And I know I talked on the podcast about it that my therapist was like, no, it is super, super common for people's like childhood traumas to come from childhood teachers or coaches. Yeah. And that seems so silly to us, but it's like you're spending so much time of your formative years with your elementary school teachers. You are there with them every day for almost a year. Like if somebody is not in a position to be working with kids, I mean, this lady was just the worst. Like, screamed at me for asking where to like I was like double checking like if that was the right tray to turn in my assignment right just and I was like such a good kid and not a rule breaker just like wanted to do the right thing always and like get an A on the paper and so to be screamed at like that yeah oh my god it just sent this part of my brain into like you can't make mistakes or else you will not feel safe. Yeah. Yes. I, I, it's, and it's so tough because I know exactly where my shit comes from. Like I know mm-hmm. the root of all of it and, and having to remind yourself logically, okay, that's not the situation anymore. You know, like the root of the perfectionism and people pleasing is just like, you know, if you see situations where, uh, criticism or disagreement, it's not just surface level. It can yeah. go deeper, right? Something, a relationship can end. Uh, love could be withheld. Um, there could be more danger that, that lead, you know, leads to something yeah. else, right? Then it, it doesn't feel just like, oh, that person just didn't like what I did or said. It really feels like immediate danger. It, mm-hmm. it, so it's like, okay, um, I know I have to be like, I remember logically, this is fine. Like it's your, I'm fine. If people don't like me, if people don't like what I said, I, I get to continue my life. Right. Yeah. But, but that moment is like, um, it's so automatic. It's so automatic. The fear that comes up, like, yeah. like being a little kid and all of that. And, yes. um, not talking about constructive criticism is all great. Like this is always just like, there's a big difference. Um, but yeah, just anything. Uh, the I learned the people pleasing to just you know you got to keep the peace. You know you don't want to harm anybody. Yeah. Because and and again even with that word harm, it's like okay, just because you might disagree with something or you have a different opinion, it should it shouldn't be a big problem. Yeah. Right. But at some point it it was. So it's yeah. like okay, I'm <laughs> like okay now it's fine. It's fine to. Yeah. Oh man, it's yeah, it's really deep rooted though. It's so deep rooted. It's so weird to be in your almost mid 30s and have this shit still pop up. Yeah. But it's from such a young age. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car, you should love your car. 
That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So let's get into the third place that you'll be able to meet your shadow self, according to Zenful Note. So they say, at times of exaggerated anger. Ooh. So if you are in oh, <laughs> having an experience where anger is dominating you, yes, when you kind of feel yourself go into a different part of your brain, like you're in fight, flight, freeze, yes. and you're just seeing red, that's a time that you can be like, okay, something's happening with my shadow self here. Where is this coming from? Oof. Oh, yeah. I know exactly like my my more present moments of that and somebody could hear it and be like that's so irrational but for me (laughs) i really like keeping my home pretty tidy like i'm Uh I'm not i'm not ridiculous about it but i'm pretty tidy and my husband is the opposite of tidy and he's he would admit that i'm not like talking shit about him he's (laughs) one of our things that we that we have to compromise on and Sometimes when I see shit all over the place after, you know, maybe having just cleaned or, or express like, hey, can we maybe do, would you be able to help with this? Uh, it's very hard for me to not be immediately angry. And Cam does not always see my anger because I, I'm like, look, this is, you need to calm the fuck down. What is it? And, yeah. and be very grateful that like you love your husband. There's so many amazing things and all that. But for me, uh, like clutter and chaos or whatever that, that if, if it feels that way, I am immediately triggered to uh. what that felt have has felt like in my past. And even though it's not happening, right? Like it's yeah. not, it's not a big dire situation. Um, that is associated with unpleasant experiences and, and feelings and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Does it feel like you're almost being threatened? Like it's like, yes. you're like, this is getting too close to what these memories are from my shadow self. Yeah. I feel like, okay, this is a sign of somebody being very irresponsible. And when you are irresponsible, mm. bad things happen, right? Mm, mm-hmm. it's like uh, things die if you are irresponsible. And so I immediately feel unsafe and, and angry and also just uh, like unseen and un like given a yeah. shit about because it's such a very important part like it's really important to me. Um, and so, but logically I know it's like, this is not because my husband doesn't give a shit about me, right? Like right. we're coming from two different perspectives. And so that is my automatic, I, I, I feel anger and then I calm myself down and then I make a decision of like, okay, I'm just probably going to pick it up or I'm going to do this. And Cam 99.9% of the time does not see that reaction. Yeah. And I don't want him to see that reaction. <laughs> Um, what about you, Kels? Is there anything that you feel like comes up for you like frequently? 
with anger? Yeah, yeah. So I have had things in the past where if, um, kind of like you're saying, if I feel like somebody's being irresponsible, for me, it's been more financially. If I feel like somebody is being financially irresponsible and it's negatively impacting me, that taps into stuff from my childhood of, you know, anytime there were financial struggles in my family growing up, it's just like, that's a really bad feeling. And um, I, I feel like I'm careful with my money and have worked hard to be where I am now financially. And so anytime anything threatened that, ooh, like I could feel, it was like a deep anger. It, yeah. it was that like my survival's being threatened, that sort of a, which sounds extreme. And it's like, well, it's not threatening my life, but it's like the, the livelihood, like the, the life I'm trying to live that's being threatened. Yeah. Yeah. If, if somebody's negatively impacting your money, I, I don't like that feeling. And then, um, this is so interesting because I didn't, <laughs> I just had a jot a note as we were doing this podcast of like, oh my God, I've never understood where this comes from. And I just had kind of an epiphany. Ooh. So I have found that in serious relationships, uh, like I know that quality time is a love language of mine, but I don't think I've realized how much it is until being in a relationship with somebody who has kids. So, you know, Chad has, Chad has uh, their adult children. They're like young adult children. Okay. And, um, I, I've never really had to like share a partner Mm -hmm. with other major people in his life. You know, it's like, um, in past relationships, we would, like both spend time with our friends or family here and there, but it wasn't like nobody else was in our lives that was at the same level of like time we're spending together. Right. Um, and Chad and I do spend more time together than, than anybody else. But I have found at times that that's, that's been hard for me in, in this relationship and in past relationships to um, like not have an amount of, quality time that I want and I'm like where has where is that like dude does everybody feel that way and I'm realizing I think it's coming from when my parents got divorced and you know my dad started living with my stepmom then I would only see my dad a few times a week like a couple times a week and that time wasn't a lot of quality time it was like then time as a family and my dad and I before the divorce were really close it was a lot of one-on-one time and yeah it's so weird all that like all that childhood shit where you don't think that that is going to crop up in that specific way yeah but I felt like a really big disconnect from my dad as a kid after the divorce and like I wanted to still have that relationship with him and it didn't feel possible like Mm -hmm. all the circumstances had completely changed so I think now for me if I feel like um, I'm not going to get that amount of time that I want because Chad and I are already a part of fair amount just because of comedy. Like yeah. we are both on tour all the time. We go to a different city <laughs> each weekend and then come back home. So it's like, if any of those days that we do get to be together, he then has to divide himself between the other people in his life. That can feel hard for me. 
mm-hmm. which I think is a, a an understandable feeling, but <clears throat> I'm just noticing like, oh, this also is rooted in like a specific shadow self thing. Oh, for sure. That makes yeah. complete sense. And it's like, it's, it's, it's tough because I like when I think of my situation, my family, all that stuff, like everybody did the best. Like I don't have any ill will or bad feelings mm-hmm. towards anything that happened, but like it's impossible to grow up without some kind of trauma, even if people are not trying to do any, you know, like you're yes. impacted no matter what. And um, I even, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast, but um, I, Cam and, when Cam and I first da- started dating even, my husband is very loud. He's a very loud man. God love him. Um, and it's it's never like uh, he's not trying to yell at people or scream at people. But sometimes he would kind of raise his voice and like his tone, and I get like not saying anything mean or anything. But I noticed I would shut. I would just shut down and not be able to really communicate with him. And yeah. I'm like, look, <laughs> I think raising the the whole raising your voice situation meant something very different in your home than it meant in my home and that's where we are not matching up Mm, um yeah if in your home like somebody raised their voice and then two seconds later you were uh, fucking cheers and a beer by the fireplace that's a whole (laughs) that's great but like if if, you know if somebody's voice was being raised like it could mean something not so great in the home and so i just immediately shut down and I can't yeah. so I, I I had to kind of explain like I, I I don't mean I don't think that you're trying to do anything to like hurt me or anything but it, the impact is still this is what's happening and so like can we find yeah. a better way to communicate about that but if you don't know or if you don't talk about what might be going on um then it's just a lot of miscommunication over and over where he's not understanding why I'm shutting down and I'm not understanding why he can't just keep his fucking mouth. It's like, why, <laughs> why, why he can't just keep his voice down. Right. Yeah. And like really understanding like your partner's trauma and, and trying to compromise yeah. with, with it. And. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, God. <laughs> I know because it feels like shit with my dad and like I have a great relationship with my dad now but those formative years are so important and so it's almost like you go into your adult romantic relationships in deficit which is so weird because it's like Mm. it seems like it would be completely unrelated but I, I do find myself feeling really sensitive about like, even if we go do a group hangout with friends, yeah, that can be so fun. But I always like in my mind kind of have, there's like an internal clock of feeling very ready by the end of a group hangout with friends in him. And then I'm like, I would like to just like the two of us be together now. Right. I'm, I'm ready right. for just one-on-one time again. Totally makes sense. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Um. Yeah, what's the what's the next uh, bullet point? Yeah, we've got two more. So number four, mm. another place you'll be able to meet your shadows, your meet your shadow self, is at times where you feel guilt or shame. Oof. Oh my god, big one with shadow self. Yeah, anything that yes. gives you that pit of your stomach feeling, anytime you've done something that you're not proud of, feel ashamed of, 
And a, another video I saw on TikTok about this one in particular is like, picture that version of you as a child on the playground that yeah. they just want to be accepted. It, it, they don't want to like, they're not asking for much. They just want to be accepted by you again and mm-hmm. like forgiven and just like brought back into the fold because there's a part of your brain that wants to divide and be like, we don't like you. Yeah. Like you go, you go play in the sandbox by yourself, but that part is still you. Right. So even if it was a younger version of you or like an uninformed version of you or whatever, it's like, what's well, still you. And after a while, it's not going to do any good to keep holding on to that shame and, and not bringing that part of you back into the fold. Ooh, gosh. I feel like shame and the perfectionism stuff really go hand in hand. Cause if, if there yeah. was ever some shame or pressure or whatever for being imperfect in a certain way or not uh, acting within excellence or really striving or achieving, if anything less than that wasn't enough or something, or you mm-hmm. felt like it wasn't enough. I have, I have a very interesting relationship with the shame thing now because I immediately ask myself, is this my shame? Is this even mine that I am feeling or carrying? And so much of the time, it is not. It is not how I I actually feel. I actually don't feel ashamed about the thing, but I feel like I'm carrying that shame from something else or for for someone else who, who would feel ashamed about that or who would feel ashamed about uh, you know, being authentic or whatever. And yeah. so that's, I, I've noticed that as I've gotten older. What about you, Kels? What's your like relationship with this shame piece? Yeah, it's, I think of, you know, we talked on the show about like birth control <laughs> versions of you and how when you get <laughs> off birth control, you can feel like a completely different person, especially if you were on them from like teen years into 30s. I mean, that's an entire decade of your life, especially a time where you're like, you're changing a lot anyway, you're growing, you're learning. I felt like in my twenties, I felt like a different person every three months. Right. So add hormonal birth control to that. And I just, yeah, I look at, I look at times in my twenties, especially where I'm like, God, you know, like, why did I say that? Why did I like, just things that were coming from a place of, um, I think, pushing down how I was really feeling about certain things. And then this like, I don't know, like undeveloped, like an immature version of myself would come out. And I, yeah, I, I hate thinking back on on any time like that, where now as a 34 year old, um, it's like so easy for me to see in any occasion like that, where I didn't feel like myself. I'm like, well, yeah, it's super easy to see now why you felt like that. But I just wish I could have gone back in time and been like, you need to just address this thing. And then you won't be feeling like you need to, you know, express yourself that way. Right. Yeah. I know it sounds all, it's all very vague and whatever. Sorry guys. We're just, we don't get as personal (laughs) anymore because it's just, you know, we've, we've, Delaney and I have talked before about like, it's not our, like when we're talking about past things in our life that involve other people, that's not our right to share about them necessarily either. And I don't know. I just, I do value my privacy a lot more (laughs) at this age and being more public than 
than I did when I was younger. That's another thing is like the uh, the visibility part of this and like the perfectionism very much go hand in hand for me as well. Yeah. Where I'm like, oh, I just don't want anybody to be hurt by what I say or, um, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of specific I might give. And yeah, it's like. I don't know. It's a lot of responsibility. It it feels like that. Like I want to, but it's also like, it's our experience too. It's like this, this is what we felt and this is what happened with us. And like, I do want to share that. I want to be able to share that and share that with towing the line of trying to be respectful of, of other people as well. Sometimes I don't know if I am sabotaging my own success. I I've really Mm. tried to figure out like, is this how I actually feel? Or do I, have I sabotaged some stuff for myself? Because Mm. in my past, imperfection or visibility has always led at some point to something bad. Like always, whatever success was going on, there was always kind of a shadow to that in some way. And part of me has felt like, have I sabotaged my own success in order to avoid that feeling at some point or did I really want to do some of the things I really did yeah you know Ooh. totally yeah I will say for I know I got pretty personal with like the Chad and the kids thing um I will say just to like make what I said a little bit more more specific so it's not quite so vague I do feel comfortable saying like I have had some shame around like before my mom got diagnosed with dementia what's so unfortunate about her specific type of dementia is that it is very like the changes are very subtle initially initially and it's with their personality and so in my case it's like your parent starts to behave in a way that's like a little different than the parent you've always known maybe they're saying things that they wouldn't usually say or doing things they wouldn't usually do And um, it's not with an intention to like hurt your feelings or anything like that. But it's just, you're like, you feel so frustrated. You feel like, what is going on? Like, but it doesn't feel wild enough, at least at first, to make you think that there's something like medically wrong. And, um, you know, there were times where I would just feel like really frustrated with my mom. I was like, why? Like, why are you saying this? I couldn't understand. And I hate, I've had to work really hard to like let go of that shame around any like conversations I had with her where I just felt so frustrated because of course now it's like I wish that every single moment with my mom in my life has been perfect and like that's just not (laughs) realistic for anybody especially like parent-child relationships um I have always been insanely close with my mom, like a true best friend relationship. But I just, I hate that the year leading up to her diagnosis, we had more conflicts than we had in the past because I just could not figure out why she was, you know, saying and doing things differently than she ever had. And um, of course, I just, she didn't know. I didn't know. Nobody knew that she had an underlying disease and... um, yeah, I that's one of those things where it's like with the pit of the stomach stuff, like wake up in the middle of the night, just like, God, I wish I like could 
take that conversation back or take that conversation back. But that's when I do try to like forgive that part of myself. And it's like, yeah. you did, you had no way of knowing. Exactly. Oh, I hope no you can. Way of oh, yeah. I hope you can release that, you know, over time. Kelsey. Like there's no there's absolutely no way you would have known. And if you did, it would have been a very different scenario, as with anybody probably in her life at that time. But like right. you, you don't know what you don't know. Like you just do the best with the information, you know, that you have. But right. Yeah. And I think this is like a pretty common trope is like how our relationship with our parents we talk to our parents in a more comfortable way than like most other people in our lives because we always know they will be there. Like that sort of, you know, hopefully if you are lucky enough to have that sort of like an unconditional love between you and a parent, you do feel like, okay, well, even if we have a conflict, we're going to like figure it out tomorrow and we'll be fine. Like we always love each other. Everything's fine. But it's so hard when then somebody has a disease and then you start to lose them because then you do, it's like, it just gets so ramped up in your mind of like, God damn it. I just wish I could take any of those conversations back. But yeah. 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 So mm. Oof. Mm-hmm. Well, I know we talked at the beginning. This is going to be a therapy episode. So. Uh, yeah. We warned sure, you. Sure is. <laughs> um, okay. So number five, the final place that she said, you'll be able to meet your shadow self is when you're feeling restless. So whenever you try to sit down and do nothing, but you feel super uncomfortable, that's a good time to ask yourself, like, what emotions am I avoiding right now? Oh, easy. Uh, The fear of death. I mean, come on. That's too easy of a question. I need a harder one. (laughs) That's for me. Yeah. For real, though. Like, like, yeah, man. (laughs) I get restless because I'm thinking – Oh my God. Now I just feel like I'm waiting here. I'm just waiting around to die. I want to make sure I am doing all the things I want to do before I die. But it's like, I need to also rest and enjoy and be present, like enjoy the life that, that, you know, I've created. And, but no, that, that fear of death stuff. Um, I've done a lot of work on it in like the past year or so. And it's still, it's not as horrifying a lot of the time anymore but it still creeps up and it has horrifying moments you know but yeah yeah. what's uh how do you what kind of thoughts go through your head when you are feeling restless well similarly death stuff it's ironic that you if you get to a place in your life where you feel super happy (laughs) then you're like well now i'm not worrying about the other things i used to worry about now I'm worrying about that I'm so happy. I'm terrified that I'll lose any of these people. Like, yes. I mean, <sighs> oh, so. God. I know. It's like, okay, sometimes if you don't have the things that you want, you're worrying about that and you're hoping mm-hmm. for that. And then you get the things and you're worried about losing the things. <laughs> and, yep. and like, you know, I think this is a big like Buddhist teaching, right? Everything has a beginning and an end. So it's like, everything will end at some point. And so how do you, how do you grapple with that in those moments? Like it's hard because, you know, logically being present and being appreciative is the only way. Right. But Mm -hmm. it's very hard when you also know the other part of like, Oh yeah, this will end like your worst fear. It is a thing. Like it's valid. (laughs) Girl. Yeah. So fucked. <laughs> yep. It it is really fucked. Yeah. But 
yeah, well, I, I hope that that helped you guys. I know that's like, it's not the most comfortable list of things to get into, but Ooh. Have, I think it's worth it. <laughs> Should we get into segments? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, um, what, do you, what do you got going on? You know, I have, my, I have my whole big segment when we recorded last time with um, the tour bus thing and and going and performing for all those people and all that shit and i don't really have like a big one this moment i'm seeing beyonce next week i know i mentioned that in the last episode and so i'm very excited to do an update on that and um but i think as of right now i don't know i don't have like a big one i'm chad and i are watching better call saul and loving it and I think that's my segment for now. I, I know it's a little, a little lame this week, but that's what's going on. Oh yeah, you had a big one the other day, so you know, yeah, you got a yes. good balance. Um, Thank you. I I don't really have one, but you know what? I did write down some just tips here that I that helped me with some of the shadow stuff. So I oh, figured great. maybe I'll just share some hashtag hot tips. Okay, there's my segment. Um, <laughs> I sometimes like if. I feel like shame or sadness and stuff around not really knowing what my next career move is. And like, you know, some people really do, they know what they want and they go for it. And like, that's awesome. And then sometimes I'm like, fuck, I wish I knew what I wanted so I could just do the thing that's next. And, um, I don't know if you've ever felt like this, but sometimes I will feel the urge to do something. I will do it and be like, okay, that wasn't, that really wasn't the thing. But then uh, I will find out that that actually helps somebody else. And so I'll give, I'll give an example, but sometimes I remind myself, like you might be feeling the urge to do something or feel drawn to something. And it's not actually about you. It actually is in service of somebody else and you don't know it or realize it. So it's not like a waste of stop saying it's a waste <laughs> of time or you're yeah. still lost. But like, for example, years ago, I just did like a little um, workshop. Um, I host a little workshop for some people. And I was like, okay, that wasn't the thing that I wanted to do next. And just recently um, found out that a couple of the people in that workshop remained really great friends for all of these years. And it's been a really great relationship for them. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so nice to know. Like for me, it was this thing that I did that maybe felt like, oh, I wish I could figure out the thing. But for them, it was a really great connection. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, so not everything is about what is what benefits me in a way and that has really helped me with kind of doing things and feeling like okay moving on that wasn't it um so that that's very helpful I also have really tried to change the narrative in my head that like I don't know what I want and I feel lost and all this like there's so much I do know right like there's so much I do know like I know what I want in a lot of aspects I know what I want day to day I know what makes me happy and what doesn't and so also just changing the self-talk around that, yeah. I have found to be very helpful. And I also literally, <laughs> I ask myself, what would Lizzo tell me right now? Because I feel like <laughs> Lizzo is just the embodiment and personification of self-love. And yes. that is really her message. And when W-W-L-D. I- WWLD. Oh my God. So good. We need to make bracelets. Okay. Um, yes. But- when I realize like my default is self-criticism and I'm like, okay, I want to, my default needs to be self-love, but I need like a question to help me get there. And it's like, what would Lizzo tell me? Oh, I love that. Oh my God. And uh, yeah, that, those, those few tips um, just came up for me when it comes to like what we talked about, rumination, shame, perfectionism, Amazing. whatever else. Yeah. That's it. 
All right, guys. Well, we love you. Hope to see you in Fort Collins this weekend. KelseyCook.com for tickets. DelaneyFisher.com for uh, the podcast Career Crush. Yay. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Self Helpless Podcast. You can find our Patreon community, merch, and our individual work at selfhelplesspodcast.com. We'd be thrilled if you shared this episode with a friend or feel free to post it on Instagram and tag at selfhelplesspodcast so we can repost you and say thank you. Yeah, yeah.